especially in the Asian community, because when you say things like fillers and toxin, people are like, hi, hi, me. And that's yeah. so extreme. She'd had something done to her lips because I'm so sure she had quite thin lips. And um, mm. one side was bigger than the other and they were like twitching. And I'm thinking, I don't know if that was supposed to happen. <laughs> This is Rina Dipti Annabelle and you're listening to the Sisterhood of Mommy Imperfect, the podcast where you get your weekly dose of girl chat. Each and every week, my fierce and fabulous guests and I delve into different aspects of womanhood. Something that I've spoken about in this podcast in various different aspects is beauty and what it means to us. Also, being in my early 40s, I've had discussions about growing older and hopefully wiser and how we see ourselves as we age. So let's face it, we all are aging. Great, it means we're still alive, right? But how do you intend to get older? Are you gonna embrace wrinkles? Are you gonna let it all hang? Or are you not averse to a little lift and fill? Well, don't make your mind up just yet. Let me introduce my guest for this episode. Jazz Jahal is a pharmacist, a mom of two, and also the owner of Jazzthetics Clinic in Wolverhampton, where you can get a range of beauty treatments, including fillers and microneedling. So she's going to be telling us a little bit more about what all of this involves. Welcome to the Sisterhood on Mommy and Perfect Jazz. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So fillers are now a thing that is on everybody's lips. You know, it's not something which where we're like, oh, what's that? We kind of, it, it's mm. something that everyday people get and, and, and yeah. do. Um, I mean, I know that you're you're actually a pharmacist and you trained as a pharmacist, but what made you go into this line of work as a sideline? Yeah, so for me personally, it was more of the skin side of things. So I had a lot of um, acne in my teen years, which left me with a lot of scarring and pigmentation. So my journey has just started with what a lot of um, Asian ladies deal with is that pigmentation and um, evening the skin tone. So just educating myself while I was studying as well in yeah. terms of ingredients, skincare, what to use, what not to use. There's always like trending things out there that people want to use, but, you know, looking at the science behind it and, and why things work in a certain way. So that just sparked my interest and gave me the sort of um, way into aesthetics, really. And then fillers and toxin just sort of came with it and definitely looking more natural rejuvenation rather than um some a lot of the things that you see um nowadays as well Mm. okay so who are your clientele really are they just everyday women like people who are like semi-celebs and or what so at the minute it's a mix of people so I get people who are of younger age who are battling um acne and active breakouts I get people like me who are mums and just something for a pick-me-up, feel a bit better, refreshed. Um, and then we get people who are of the older clientele. So I have a lot of older ladies who come in for more of that brightening of dull skin. And um, again, with the fillers. So when we sort of tend to age, we, a lot of them notice that nasal labials, I do a lips. So a general mix of clients really, just depending on um their needs but at the minute definitely more of the Asian community probably because like attracts like and I put out there what um I'm dealing with and what treatments I really love so it's those type of clients that come to me 
Yeah, definitely. And I, I was kind of looking for somebody, you know, uh, first of all, a woman that um, does these procedures to speak to. And then when I found yourself on social media and that you were Asian, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, because I don't know, sometimes we think it, it's not for us or we kind of think if you haven't had fillers and Botox and things like that, you think other Asians aren't doing it that it's you know yeah. oh, oh I must be the only one who's considering this you know so it's kind of nice to know that um it is a thing that people are doing yeah exactly is there and is it there doesn't have of- to be something it doesn't have to be something that's obvious which I find is I find it quite hard putting that across at the minute especially in the Asian community because when you know things like fillers and toxin people are like hi hi me and that's yeah. so extreme if it's done well nobody will be able to tell that you've had it done it's more of like you know oh, you look really good you look refreshed what have you had done like what facial have you had done but you know it's that's the result that you want in the end yeah yeah and that's so true do men as well come in and get things done yes so um not very many, but the ones who I have been treating so far, mainly skin issues, definitely toxin and filler. Men do get treatments. They just don't like their pictures on social media. So mm. it's very hard for them to come in. I think that's yeah. a, a hurdle for them on its own. But definitely more men are sorting out treatments and they do come into clinics. It's just not put out there as much. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... There's two things that you you've mentioned a couple of times. So Botox and filler, right? Botox and filler yeah. are the the pick me up, uh, like non surgery things. Because obviously surgery you can get a facelift and things, right? If it if things yeah, that yeah. you want a whole this kind of thing, um, yeah. Right, so what is it that people are actually putting in their skin? Like explain Botox to me because I know what it okay. is, but I don't know what the hell is going what in. What it? Yeah. Okay. So Botox first of all is a brand. So, um. There are different brands now, but the idea is that it's a toxin, it's botulinum toxin. And what it actually does toxin. is... Did you say a toxin? It sounds really extreme, but the way that it was found um, is through it, the bacteria's clostridium bot, botulinum, I'm sure. Um, when we're telling ourselves to move our face, it's our muscles moving, right? So by putting a little bit of toxin, we're relaxing the muscle so it's not so when we tell ourselves to frown and lift our eyebrows etc we physically can't do it because that muscle we've stopped the muscle working in a way in minute amount so we'll still have facial movements but the idea is the muscles that are causing the wrinkles so mm-hmm. as you can see like mine so mine's wearing off so um you can see that i'm moving the muscle and it's creating this line so by relaxing the muscle when i when i move my brow her toxin yeah. I'll be able to move my brows, but because this muscle is relaxed, it's not creating the line. Okay. So the idea is it's anti-wrinkle toxin. So by temporarily freezing those muscles, we're not creating the wrinkles. And that's the idea behind it. And, and we, what we tend to say is it's better to start it earlier because we don't want static lines forming. And static lines are lines that are there when you're not frowning or you know, um, lifting your brows. And those are the ones that people tend to come in afterwards to try and fix because you look more aged. So we say, if you start using treatments a little bit earlier as an anti-aging remedy, the less we use the muscle, the less crease formed, the less chance it will be there permanently. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you um, what age should we start doing it? Because people in the 30s or even 20s 
are getting Botox mm. done. And I'm looking at them thinking, oh my God, like you're so young, but is that when we're supposed to be doing it then? So usually we start to anti-aging products. We do say like 20, 25 plus. Uh-huh. Um, so even toxin, I'd say like early 30s, late 20s. So I'm, is it too late for me then? Because if, if people should start getting it, you know, in their 20s or 30s to kind of avoid those lines that set in, I'm 43. Is it too late? It, just tell me, is it too late? <laughs> no, the earlier you start, it doesn't matter when. If you start, that's, that's you know, making progress from then and your future um, self. Mm, okay. So then four lines that have like set in. So like, you know, these smile lines and these, these labial yeah. lines that come down, mm-hmm. um, which I guess everybody gets. And the more you smile and whatever you get the more right yeah what can you do for that because obviously that's something is what happens to everybody so that's when um filler comes in so filler is great for adding in volume where you've lost it so when we age the first place like women when women age we tend to lose more volume around the eye so the orbital of the and also the jaw so you'll notice when you're when in aesthetics we say when you're youthful you're like an upside down triangle you have the high cheekbones pointy chin as you age and you lose the volume from the top and the skin sort of has no scaffolding to sit on everything sort of drops so you become like a triangle so more of the volume sits at the bottom so you start getting the jowls and and the square jaws so um it's about trying to turn that triangle back upside down and restoring volume where you've lost it so that's where fillers come in because the different fillers, it's different um, properties of them depending on where you use it on the face because we want to imitate the face. So if we're putting filler on the bone to create cheekbones, we want something hard like the bone to create that illusion. Whereas something we do in the lips a lot softer so you can still speak and, and use them without it looking odd. What what is that that you're putting in the filler? Because I, I I just reminds me of like you know like polyfiller when you're trying to fill holes in a wall. Or okay. something. Obviously it's not that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like oh my god, what exactly is this? Yeah. So yeah, so there's loads of different fillers available. Mainly what is used is hyaluronic acid. So oh, hyaluronic acid is naturally occurring in us in our skin. It's a, a big component of our skin, and you know you hear it a lot in your skincare products as well. Um, hyaluronic acid attracts moisture um, and everything so in terms of filler hyaluronic acid acid filler is mainly used and the way that it's made is it has a different amount of cross-linking in it which gives it different properties whether it's really hard and solid or where it's whether it's really soft and malleable and so depending on where you want it in the face and um, the reason why we use acid is because it's reversible so I think that's very important just because of the complications that can be associated with fillers as well. Mm-hmm. And that, again, touches a little bit on sort of choosing the right practitioner as well, doing your research. Um, I don't know. Do you know much about complications with fillers? Well, um, I've just, you know, you see things in the papers or online on stuff like oh, yeah. women went for lip fillers and look what happened to her. And there's really swollen <laughs> lips and all their lopsided. And I have actually seen um a mom mm. at, um one of my kids schools before and her she'd had something done to her lips because I'm so sure she had quite thin lips and mm. um one side was bigger than the other and they were like twitching and I'm thinking I don't know if that was supposed to happen like I don't know you know what I mean I just think 
I just don't yeah. think that was a look that she was supposed to be going for. Has something gone wrong? No. So again, um, with fillers, the first side of it is more of um, undesired results. So again, that all depends on your practitioner, their experience, the type of filler they're using, the technique they're using. So it varies a lot, obviously, because it's an art form, really. You have to be um, good at that skill to give beautiful results. So um, again, that touches on the are uh, able to get a day, a course, two day course and be like, OK, go and inject, um, which I don't agree with. I think, yes, that's available, but it should always be backed up with, you know, your background profession and further enhancing your skill, just sort of going out there and just to make money and stuff. So, again, that's a very big topic in the industry at the minute. Then also there's the side of um, that you should always research about. And to be honest, your practice, practitioner should go over with, with you is the occlusion side. It's very rare, but it can happen. And to be honest, it's happening a lot more now. And um, I don't know if it's probably because there's a lot more practitioners out there, less training, less experience, etc. But so vascular occlusion is where um, we have lots of arteries around our whole face. There's different arteries that go. You've got your facial artery, um, etc. There's so many. And um, to be honest, I'm still learning because I'm doing my level seven diploma in injectables. So again, it's all about continually developing my knowledge and not just I've done a course and I'm going to sit here for like five, 10 years and do what I'm doing. It's all about continually developing. So for me, that that's my step at the minute is I'm really getting into the anatomy of the face, why you shouldn't inject in certain planes, where you should, shouldn't inject, all of that business and in, including complications. So um, in terms of filler, when there's always a risk of injecting filler into an artery and that can block a filler, um, sorry, block the artery. So if you're blocking an artery that's stopping oxygenated blood getting to a certain part of the face, which is where you get the complication of um, ischemia so ne necrosis and skin death in if it gets that to a very late really, phase it sounds really it, scary <laughs> it does it does and to be honest it can happen to any practitioner whether you're the most skilled doctor in the world or whether you're a newbie it's one of those things where we we do practices to make it a little bit safer and and judge better whether we're doing it right or if anything's going wrong so that's again important is your practitioner like how are they going to support you afterwards if something goes wrong and have they got the meds in place are they a prescriber um because the medication to reverse filler is a prescription only medication so it's important that they have all these things in place so if something was to go wrong they can correct it and stop it getting to a stage of your skin you know dying off because mm. when a, uh, an artery is occluded either by directly the filler sort of filling the artery or even pressing against it so your artery sort of becomes closed because filler is again technique and also it's all about recognizing the symptoms as well so um, we need to make sure that before we send a patient home, we're, we're doing all our checks. So capillary refill, whether there's any discoloration, any excessive pain. So all of the host of things just to make sure that when they go home, we know that everything's OK. 
And if something was to go wrong, making sure we're contactable and, you know, having all the stuff in clinic available to dissolve as soon as you know, we need to if, if the case arises. So that's I think that's very important as well um, to make sure you, you go to somebody who is equipped for that. I mean, I'm guessing that not everybody who offers fillers does this because this sounds like a lot and I know that it is quite unregulated at the moment right the industry for yes, Botox very so yeah so that's why a lot of people are very passionate about passionate about it becoming regulated um because if you think I mean anybody I think I don't know if it's what level of beauty they can get into fillers and toxins and with just the one or two day course they can go injecting and I <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry it doesn't me. that doesn't even sound right <laughs> it doesn't even sound like for you because no. the way that you're explaining to me and you are a pharmacist um yeah I'd feel more comfortable coming to yourself for things like this because you're aware yeah. of each thing and what it does so when you say yes. I think they course it doesn't even sound I mean right. the, exactly I mean what I'd say is everybody that starts in aesthetics is a newbie so whether you're a doctor whether you're a dentist pharmacist when you decide to go into aesthetics it's all new like we don't we don't learn this in our degree we don't learn fillers and toxin and facial anatomy to that degree um so we we start somewhere but the idea is with medical professionals we still have a background in medicine so we are a lot more equipped to understand and develop our knowledge a lot faster in a way so it's like the background really does help yeah um understanding sort of everything because it is prescription medications as well and understanding you know complications when you shouldn't and shouldn't when you should and shouldn't use certain medications um so again it's very unregulated but um i'm all for sort of medical professionals in the industry and not to sort of bash people that aren't medical professionals because there have there are people who have been in the industry for a long time as long as it's like the knowledge is there and it's continually that's what we do as part of me being a pharmacist and me registering with the gphc i have to show them that every year i'm continuing continually developing my knowledge in the um in in my room of you know um everything sorry as a pharmacist and everything related to medicine so I need to show them that I've not just done my degree five years ago and I'm sat in that place everything changes like so much changes year on year out new medication things guidelines that are changing so I have to be up to date so that's where I find that even doctors do that and dentists so we're it's naturally ingrained in us to always want to learn more and always feel like we just don't have enough knowledge and we want to we need more knowledge we need to research that that so I think that helps in the industry as well because we're always continually you know reading articles and new evidence that is out and we're never just stuck in one place of we've been this course and that's that we're just going to be I'm just going to inject filler there's always going to be new stuff out there new things to learn and I think that's very important and that's just generally even, you know, if I wasn't in aesthetics as a pharmacist, because I'm standing in a pharmacy handing out medications, I want to make sure that whatever this doctor has prescribed is right for this patient, it's safe, it's clinically effective, and, you know, guidelines change and 
some things might be shown to actually this doesn't even work as well as it, it would have done and now we have this drug and just loads of different factors like that but it just shows that I carry that side of my um, professionalism to this side of aesthetics yeah which is which is nice to know for people who are going to come to you to get all this stuff done to their face because it, it can yeah. be quite scary um yeah okay people are also getting fillers in the in the jawline I've noticed these days yeah um is that a like a growing trend of having fillers to make your uh, jaw more defined so, so with younger girls that are getting it it's more of a beauty trend of wanting that angular um jaw and you know more defined um in terms of um older if you're um, a little bit older and it's about rejuvenation then we would go for a jaw to help with jowls and just defining the lower face as well just to get everything a little bit more lifted so it depends you always have the rejuvenation side and then you have the the beautification side as well Mm. and how much is all this stuff botox and fillers so it depends on um like your area and your practitioner so um do you, do you want to know how much I charge yeah like how much do you charge on yeah, average so for, for generally so yeah so toxin is around the 200 pound mark it all depends on how many areas you want um and that's pretty standard for anybody in the industry so it's up to the discretion of the practitioner how much to charge but all I would say is um, with practitioners just ask them what brand they're using um there's only three current brands that are licensed to be used in the UK and that's Botox, Bocature and Azalure. So anything other than that, then it, you know that it's not it's not something that's legal in this country. And I would be cautious. Mm. I would say like run from that. Especially when you see some people advertising Botox really, really cheap. Again, question why? Because the actual product is not cheap at all. And you have to think if they're getting cheap toxin, it's obviously not something, maybe it's something that's not legal. So again, research, research, research. And um, in terms of fillers, prices start from 150 for lips, half a million lips, and it can go up to three, 400 pounds. It depends on what area, how many mils being used. And are these two things, the Botox and the toxin and the fillers, are they things that you have to keep on top of like repeatedly get them to kind of keep that youthful look? Yeah. So toxin lasts for around four to six months. So it depends on your metabolism. Uh, some people might work it off a lot faster, might get to three months. Some people might find that it lasts them up to six months. So again, it just depends. And then that's up to your discretion to keep getting top ups done Fillers last a little bit longer. Again, depends on where you're um, having them. Something that's obviously a lot harder, like cheeks and jaw, something sitting on bone lasts a lot longer. We say kind of up to 12 months, 18 months, maybe even two years. Something like the lips last a little bit, well, they last quite less because we're using our lips and we're using the muscle all the time. It it wears away. So we usually, I usually say six to nine months for my ones. And can you look at a person and tell whether they've, had filler or whether they've got like naturally big lips um do you mean so if somebody's got naturally yeah, big lips yeah, like whether if, it's filler like or me, not would you would you look at me and think oh she's had maybe filler in her lips or not no it, 
it depends on the filler that you use. Um, some people you can tell that they've had filler and that's not their natural lip. And it's more so, um, how do I explain? So if you had too many meals over less time, so migration, and you can tell when it's filler because it, you lose that natural sort of look to your lips and they'll look puffy or migrated. Um, so the idea is to, you need to look at you know, techniques and filler and how to fill the lips in a way where it still looks natural, but um, you still want it to look nice and plump, and, but you don't want it to look like, oh, it's gone wrong. Yeah, something um, Russian lip filler. Is there a thing, Russian lip filler? Mm. I'm sure my sister was saying to me the other day, something yeah. about a Russian lip filler. What is that? Yeah. It's different from so it's just lip filler. It's just lip filler, but it's the technique that's being used. So um, with Russian lips, it's a tenting technique. So the a lot more injections and they're like um, vertical like this. And the idea is to lift the lips and give the look of really big lips. But when you look from the side, they're not pouting outwards. Right. They're more stuck to the face, I see. Wow. Okay. I don't personally like the look, but a lot of people do. They like the idea of you know big lips, but not like dark lips. Pout, not the trout pout thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it it just depends on sort of um, what you like, and if it suits if it suits your face, then fair enough. But um, you need to see whether it suits your features. So okay, so we're talking on Zoom, right? So looking at me, mm-hmm. if I said to you, like, this is just to kind of see what you would say, right? If okay. I said to you, okay, I'm forty three years old. Um, if I was like, oh, what can I get done? Uh, what should I have done my face? Like, because, you know, I have these these no- nasolabial lines. Is that what yeah. they're called? Okay, so yeah. Yeah. over the last few years, I've noticed that I've had this. And uh, maybe not so much, like, if I if I raise my eyebrows, there are a few lines, but it's not anything major. Uh-huh. Obviously, when I smile, I have these wrinkles under the eyes, nothing major. Looking mm-hmm. at me. Lips, I don't think we need to discuss because I think I'm all right on that front. But yeah, you have nice lips. <laughs> thank you. Uh, what would you say? Well, frown for me. Do you like a really frowny face? Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. I've noticed a little thick, like a this is a bit like a, uh, yeah. something. So, what, the more you frown, it's like working out this muscle. So, the yeah. bigger it gets. And <laughs> um, so, I, I, I let my kids talking. off, I tell you. Yeah, I know I find I'm doing that a lot now as well. So like frown when you uh do the uh the, yeah. the Bella region, we call this, I always do the frontalis as well. So these two areas always go together. So I say if you did want toxin to relax this and just give you that really nice fresh look, um definitely go for two areas there. We never do one or the other because it will it, it just wouldn't look right. Um again, that's a whole other topic okay um but yeah so toxin um I love toxin I think it's not something um it's something you can try and then you can see whether whether you'd like getting tox or not but um definitely a lot of interest in that now and nasolabials I mean they're not too bad I mean when you're not smiling are they there I can't really tell they are they are there they are are they yeah so nasolabials are good but what we'd what I'd have a look at when you're more sort of in front of me as well so I can tell better um is whether you've lost any cheek volume Mm. so sometimes when we lose a little bit of volume here it tends to drop and causes a fold 
So just by adding a little bit of cheeks, it might lift it slightly and obviously give you that rejuvenated look and just might take the uh, pressure away from those lines forming. Right. Well. So that's that's what you'd suggest for me, like a little bit of raising so the I'd, kind of maybe a little bit of cheeks and then we could have a look if that helps with the nasos and then we'll go directly in with the nasolabials. Um turn sideways for me. You have a nice defined jaw anyway, so I probably wouldn't really touch jaw. Maybe a little bit of chin just to elongate the face a tad, but not much. Yeah, I think you've aged quite nicely anyway, so Thank you wouldn't you. really need much doing. <laughs> it's more and, of whatever makes you feel good. And and by the way, like I'm a person who was totally against all this, like, no, let's age naturally. Yeah. What is this nonsense and yeah. stuff? But, you know... Mm -hmm. um I have to say that I had my teeth done with Invisalign um when I was mm -hmm. um gonna turn 40 and they were all like different lengths crooked and stuff and overlapping and looking mm -hmm. at that and how it just made me be like oh you know you know what I mean when you brush your teeth in the morning you're like oh yeah. hi nice teeth <laughs> and you know you just feel nice and I think yeah. it kind of made me change my uh attitude towards the whole thing like if you want to get little tweaks done that give you that confidence um yeah you know and, and a little boost then then why not? That's my thing. Yeah. Do you think I've got another five years? I was thinking to myself, do you know what? When you're around 50, swat these nasolabials, was that too late? Yeah, it's it's up to you because either you still have to get top-ups with filler as well in a way. So I always say concentrate on your skin and your skin products and skin treatments as well. Yeah. Don't exclude that because um, filler is good for that volume loss. So there will come a time where you you, not, you will age naturally. It's going to happen. You can't stop your bone resorbing. So there's things we can do in our day-to-day -day routines. What, what whether kind of SPF. things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so definitely SPF. I'd say like SPF every two hours if you could. Like that is the guidance, but not everybody can SPF every two hours. I usually say use this spray, especially when it is more of a sunny day and you're out a lot. And a lot of people say, I wear makeup, so I can't reapply really it. And I'm like, just spray SPF, SPFs now, just, you know, spray and go. So there's so much out there now that you can do to protect your skin. So again, it's all about the science and how we age and how the sun ages us and the UV rays. So definitely SPF. And then you have your things like um, vitamin C, retinol. Um, and then again, depends on what exactly we're targeting if it's pigmentation then we go down pigmentation route uh whether it's just general anti-aging there's, there's treatments like microneedling chemical peels um radio frequency microneedling so anything any skin boosters even i love skin boosters they're great for hydration um so any sort of treatment we do the idea is to produce the color produce collagen the more collagen we're producing because as we age we're losing collagen and that's what gives us like the crappy skin and yeah. losing your elasticity and everything so we're losing collagen and what we want to do is build up our bank of collagen so the more sort of these treatments you do you're building up your collagen so you age a little bit slower because you're increasing the quality of your skin compared to somebody who's not doing anything to increase their collagen and yeah I have heard I've got a friend who drinks collagen so she ordered it off Amazon mm -hmm. or something like that, but she puts it in a smoothie or something. Is it worth doing that? Or is yeah. that just a little bit over the top? It has um, shown to work. Collagen in skincare, I would say there's no point because the molecule is too big to sort of get through your 
skin barrier and so drinking collagen is a is a thing and it has shown it can have a little bit of benefit as well so why not Mm, anything to help Mm -hmm. um what microneedling you did mention that and I wanted to Mm -hmm. ask you quickly just very briefly about it like what is it because somebody recommended that to me as well and I don't quite understand how it works and it scared me to be honest okay so with microneedling I use a mechanical pen so on this pen I can control um the depth of needles and how fast they're moving so it comes with a cartridge which is single use only very sterile for each um client so what the idea is it the needles are sort of hitting Mm -hmm. the skin at a a certain depth so I can choose what depth whether it's 0.5 millimeter whether it's one millimeter that's yep. how deep it will go into the skin and then the speed and they're, they're constantly moving up and down and I'm moving the machine the pen around the skin so what we're doing is we're creating a controlled wound a trauma to the skin right and what that means is it's telling it, it's going to go red with the body's going to send its um systems into action to say well something's going on in the skin go repair that damage so our body's defense system is the inflammation the redness means our body's working is doing it's protecting whatever's going on so we want that little bit of erythema and in the process it's going to build new collagen elastin new skin cells to try and repair the damage so it's like we're hurting ourselves a little bit to get more out of it um new skin cells and that rejuvenation just to trick our skin to wake up basically trick our body to say you know wake up we need new healthy skin at the top we don't want the Mm. we don't want you to go to sleep so it's just rejuvenation basically and the more you do it regularly the more you're building up collagen it will help you in sort of the 10 5 10 years time because you'll just look a lot more youthful and less aged compared to when you don't have the treatment done right okay that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah it does make sense and and so how much is that roughly microneedling and I know it's something so, you do regularly as well right yeah so I charge it's around 100 100 to 150 again everybody charges their own and if you go somewhere like London they probably charge a lot more so I like pairing microneedling with really nice serums so whether for example if we're treating I treat a lot of pigmentation so I concentrate on using products that contain tranexamic acid, kerogenic acid, vitamin C. So anything that's going to really brighten the skin and get some active ingredients in there. I even use microneedling with PRP. So that's when I take your own blood and I separate that in a centrifuge. So we obtain the plasma. So PRP is platelet-rich plasma. And I use that to either inject and as a, use it as a serum with microneedling. So all the stuff in our body that repairs any wounds, I'm adding that on top of the skin to like double the action really where we want it, focusing wow. where we want it. This is yeah. next. Is that what's called a vampire facial? Because I've heard of a vampire facial. Yes. Right. Yes, vampire okay. Facial. Okay. Okay. That makes sense now. <laughs> okay. So we've talked a lot about this. And by the way, hyaluronic acid. Mm-hmm. You've talked mm-hmm. about injecting that is that in, but um, can we put that on our face as well? Will that make a difference? Yeah, so hyaluronic acid is great for keeping moisture. But I'd say that if you were going to use it, use it on damp skin. Right. Because what that will do is keep that moisture into the skin. Whereas if you wear it on dry skin, it's going to draw moisture out and probably make it feel a bit more drier. So it's very important. I always advise everyone just either um, I like to spraying a bit of rose 
water or just water to dampen the skin and then pat it on and it will it's really nice at hydrating the skin i i definitely see a difference mm. using it peptides is another it's one of those that. sorry yeah no i was just going to say um it's more of an instant result as well so it's not like you have to wait over time to see the, right. the, mm-hmm. the result yeah you, you feel that moisture cool so peptides is another buzzword thing that i've um yeah so with peptides again it depends on formulation as well because it depends if the molecules are too big like amino acid acids and peptides they need to be able to get through the skin and you think like why do we what is the function of our skin it's to keep our organs in and anything else out Mm -hmm. so when we look at skincare they'll work to a certain extent because there will always be our skin's function will always be to keep things out so that's where medical grade comes in a little bit as well so the formulation really helps to try and get it as deep as we can but some molecules like collagen peptides um just depends as well whether they will have enough effect topically whereas things like injectable um, boosters may contain amino acids and peptides so because we're injecting that straight into the skin and we're bypassing that layer has a little bit more benefit instead i find so all these creams and serums and stuff that are costing loads hundreds of pounds yeah. and whatever, they're not actually that effective as people think then are they so they can be effective definitely it is beneficial to have a skincare routine but in terms of what effect you're after i mean the example i will give is pigmentation stuff so you'll get um brands um, on high street supermarkets that will say they have retinol in it but they're allowed to market uh, market it as retinol if they just put a tiny sprinkle of retinol in this big bottle of all these other ingredients and they can say there's retinol in there what does that mean we'll pick it up thinking yeah it's retinol it has all these benefits but you're not going to see them benefits because it's not active enough for you to see results so it will take a very very long time of you using these products to have any benefit so it's very it's all about educating yourself as well like why certain ingredients work and why you should use them or not use certain ingredients and in terms of actives um it's if you're spending money on skincare um spend it wisely i'd say pick a brand or a product where you know that that product has this effect it has these ingredients it's, if it says it's got retinol what form of retinol is it actually retinol is it you know what is it is it gonna benefit you because there's so many brands which are really really expensive and it's just the name yeah. you're paying for it's not exactly. going to do anything right, um, so- most of them are full of perfume and yeah. fragrance so it's that, that's what it is really but so I'm, all i'm saying is when you when you look at skincare if it's something you really want to invest in then definitely go for medical grade products it's definitely a game changer Okay. Wow. I feel like I need a pharmacy degree to understand how, but you've helped a lot today. You really have. It's been some really good information, but you know, so we've talked a lot about, you know, doing all this stuff and the benefits and and maybe the dangers as well. But then don't you think that like we in, as women are in danger of all looking the same of kind of having this homogenized look of, you know, the plump lips, the tight foreheads and high cheekbones and stuff. And, what happened to individuality and 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 our uh, parents and grandparents and just you know 
they just used they'd probably say oh you know yeah. what I mean so yeah. slapped a bit of oil on went out the door and that's it like, oh, you know what I mean are we in danger of just going yeah. a bit OTT and all looking the same well this is where individual individuality comes from in terms of fillers is that artistic flair to keep you looking like you but just a little bit more enhanced or younger it's not about you know those Kylie packages or snatched packages that's where the danger is of people wanting to look a certain way that they see on social media whether it's the super snatched jawlines um that's where I find um this that sort of what you're portraying comes to life but what I really love is the natural rejuvenation so you just want to look like you but a little bit a little bit more enhanced whatever insecurity you feel like oh, I feel like my lips are a little bit more plump or I, I can see that my under eyes are really hollow now and then they've aged me a little bit of filler there really helps just looking get you looking more awake um in, in combination with different things skincare retinol skin boosters like anything that makes you feel good and if you feel if you feel good and rejuvenated you'll feel like better youthful and more confident every day yeah. and it's it's about that really like how you feel and if that little bit of filler makes you feel like you know amazing and you don't feel like you're looking in the mirror all the time thinking oh my god I hate this and I hate this um again to a certain a certain extent because then you, that's a whole other area as well of body dysmorphia um I don't I don't think we'd all end up looking the same it's just about you know finding I think definitely now hopefully it comes more into effect of you know um people embracing their natural features and just enhancing that and dissolving whatever you've noticed like Molly Mae had her fillers dissolved and people going back to their natural form and they'll still have a little bit of filler here and there but you can't say like oh she's got loads of filler because when she had filler before you could tell that she'd had like mills and mills of filler Mm. that's where everybody will look the same but if I think it's celebrity in that culture plays a big part in this because a lot of people when they come they, they show you pictures of like Kylie Jenner's lips or whoever's lips and they want that but what I always say is actually I'm going to look at your face and let's see what we can work with there because I can't give you somebody else's lips. I can just give you your lips, but a little bit better. Yeah. So I don't think you should change your own features. I think you should just enhance what you already have if that's what you wish. Because I do see a lot of older women who look a certain way now. And then that way, instead of think instead of looking, oh, they're rejuvenated, you just think, oh, it's the hard work done kind of face. Like, because even, you know, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but Jada Pinkett, for example, Obviously, she looks amazing and she's like 50 plus, mm, but her face was never that shape before because, you know, she's yeah. got that that um, inverted triangle face, but her face was yeah. never that shape before. So she's got these cheeks yeah. and the slight puffiness now, but it's a very different look to how she was when she was younger. Normally, yeah. So again, that's that's the, the grey area, I guess, in the industry of because it's not, it, it's up to the, patient the client when to stop as well if somebody keeps wanting more then that's their choice and they'll go down that route but it's always important for practitioners to say well actually I don't want to inject anymore because I think you look fine how you are and you're just sort of 
we do it to ourselves all the time we look in the mirror and we think actually you know I don't like this or I don't like that but when somebody else says it well actually I think that's fine and well let's concentrate on because most of the time like when people want a certain area they're not happy with an area of their face and um, it's actually something else that may be contributing to that but a little bit of like how I said for example somebody comes in with really um prominent nasal labels but they would never think that actually they've lost volume in their cheek and that's why they've they've got that because we don't want to add too much volume to the face to change the face shape as well we just want to sort of go back a few years and give them what they did have mm. so it's just it's that gray area of like when to stop whether it needs to be that patient's decision but also practitioner as well to say well actually I, I don't think you need any more and it will change your features too much because I have seen um you know even whether it's walking on the street but you see people even on the internet that lady who had fillers in her was like like oh yeah really big yeah. on her cheeks and then her jaw so obviously the person who's been injecting her to that extent it's not ethical to do so no I feel like we all need like a couple of really good friends who say to us stop it now boss god yeah that's enough yeah you're done like just leave it yeah um but jazz I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and um you have been really uh informative uh cleared up a lot of uh, just misconceptions about the whole thing and uh yeah it's just really interesting to to kind of explore um this this world of uh toxins and fillers yeah, and needling and stuff so if people want to find out a little bit more about your salon and yourself so just share your website or social media handles please yeah so justetics clinic on instagram on tiktok and justetics.co.uk is my website and you can find any like um booking links and all my profile and um, portfolio pictures and everything and if anybody ever needed any more information, I'm always available. Just DM me. A number is on there as well. So I always have um, free consultations first. I prefer somebody talk to me um, without any obligation to feel like they have to pay or anything for treatment. I prefer to talk to you, find out, you know, if we both click, whether you're somebody I'd want to take on as a client or if I feel like, okay, no, this is not the client for me, which I have turned away people, but it's mainly the ones that don't fit in line with my ethos so I'm all about natural rejuvenation looking you but better not changing who you are and um looking at skincare I love skincare so whether it's um skincare products and fit and fitting a routine into your um day-to-day life whether it's treatment for pigmentation anti-aging melasma I do a lot of microneedling um but yeah my general aim is just to make you looking and feeling better because that's what I've experienced and what I'm still trying to get through as well Mm. so yeah (laughs) thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening please do get in touch with Jazz if you've got any more questions Um, and if you want to add to the conversation or there's something else that you think that I should be talking about then let me know Um, you can go on the on my Insta at Sisterhood on Mummy and Perfect or at Rena D. Annabelle. Those are the best places to get in touch. Meanwhile, please do share this podcast. Um, make sure you're subscribed. Until next week, take care. Bye. <laughs>